This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton and the Boston Consulting Group. In the never-ending quest for cost savings, many companies have reduced the number of suppliers they use, consolidated their purchases, and negotiated better prices. So, where can chief procurement officers and other managers now turn for savings? Bob Tevelson, a BCG partner and managing director, says firms must segment suppliers to identify those that can deliver what he calls partnership value by establishing relationships that move beyond the transactional level. Tevelson offers these views and others as part of a series of interviews on procurement. Bob, thanks for taking time to talk with us today about customer-supplier relationships. Glad to be here. Many companies have already reduced the number of suppliers that they used and consolidated their purchases and, and negotiated better prices. Where do you think the next level of cost savings will come from in procurement? Well, I think many companies have, in fact, reduced the number of suppliers they work with significantly, but I still think there's an opportunity to do more. And I think what the next level of benefit will accrue from is looking at the suppliers that are used, the smaller subset, and really segmenting those. And what I mean by that is breaking them into different groups in terms of uh, what we're looking for from the suppliers and uh, taking the supplier relationship management uh, to the next level which is to segment based on what the suppliers can do versus our objectives, and then being willing to invest in those suppliers to be able to drive value. But what are the biggest challenges, Bob, that companies face today with regards to suppliers? Well, I think the biggest challenge is to be able to really segment the suppliers into those that are really meaningful and can deliver you know, partnership value. And what I mean by that is moving beyond transactional, moving beyond getting a better price, moving to some of the more interesting areas around real collaboration, trust-based relationships, and also taking the, the focus you know, beyond uh, the transactional, beyond the day-to-day, looking at what the supplier can do from an innovation perspective to drive where the company is focused on from a strategic perspective and also focus on you know, really driving performance to the next level. Well, Bob, you've raised some interesting issues. Um, so let's maybe pause for a second and talk about how uh, supplier relationships have changed over time. Some of the changes that you've seen happening, what, have, what has been the genesis for that? Why have companies changed their relationships in recent years? I, I think they've been forced to change, uh, to be honest with you. If you take the uh, automotive industry, for example, and the economics they face, you know, in a couple years ago when profits were up, the focus was all about partnering and tight relationships and sharing benefits and innovation. And then when the chips are down, the shift is more focused on the dollars, uh, more focused on price. And so uh, you know, there's a natural ebb and flow and cycle to relationships. And I think what companies are finding now is margins are, are, are pushed down to where suppliers are making a reasonable profit and a reasonable return that they need to find other ways to get more value from the suppliers. And that goes back to the, the segmentation who are the core suppliers we want to work with? Why do we want to work with them? And what can they do? And what they can do is beyond price. It's, it's innovation. It's helping us go to market. And it's working with us to understand our business better and okay. identifying best practices. And are there, are there differences among industries? You mentioned, for instance, the auto business, uh, which is certainly one that we read about all the time in the, in the press, trying to control costs through their relationships with suppliers. But are there differences, say, between the auto industry and, and other industries? 
I think there's a significant difference. And you'll find relationships varying, you know, by industry. If you take the, the, the automotive industry, it's more arm's length. High tech is more integrated. And it's more integrated because obsolescence happens so fast, we have to have tighter relationships. And we also have to leverage the capability of suppliers uh, to be able to drive, you know, product development, innovation, and, and fast cycle times in the supply chain. So does that mean that necessarily that things are more difficult, say, for high-tech firms as opposed to autos, or is it um, just a matter of difference and not really uh, levels of difficulty in managing these relationships? Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think the value, is, uh, the value is different, and what the suppliers can do is different, but also history is different. So the automotive industry is starting from a, a base where there's less trust because there's been this great focus on price and uh, you know, making agreements and then pushing suppliers further where the high-tech industries, for example, there's more collaboration. And another example of that would be the, you know, the pharmaceutical industry, where you know, some partnerships are emerging, even in mundane categories like packaging, where uh, companies are working with um, their packaging suppliers to differentiate, not only based on marketing opportunities, but based on the customer experience with the package from a safety perspective, from an information perspective. And ultimately, the pharmaceutical companies are interested in, is the patient using the prescription? persistence and compliance. Okay. Uh, You you mentioned trust, which is um, something we want to talk about in a minute, but how can companies prepare for the changes that you've uh, described, and what will these supply relationships look like in the the future? Well, I I think companies can prepare by undertaking some basics of understanding their supply market and then understanding uh, from that, you know, where do they need to go as a business? So how can procurement contribute to the company goals? And therefore, what do our suppliers need to do? And then, you know, setting, you know, kind of the baseline as to where we are from a starting perspective. What are we securing from a value perspective? And what do we really need to get from our suppliers going forward? And what will those relationships look like, do you think? I I think, you know, the the word partnership is always thrown out until lawyers jump in. and They get all upset about the implications of that. But I think what you'll find is tighter, longer-lasting, integrated relationships that are based on trust, that are based on information sharing, while the contract will sit behind and ensure the right incentives uh, are in place on both the upside and the downside, I think you'll see more integrated relationships, deeper investments by both parties with fewer suppliers. Bob, can you talk about the importance of trust in, in relationships and um, maybe even discuss the, the possible consequences that can arise when, when trust is lacking or is weak? That, that, that's very interesting because I, I don't believe personally that, that a good uh, deep collaborative uh, relationship can exist without trust. I think it's a, a table stake that one has to have going in. Uh, if you don't, one is always holding back either information or opportunities. And, uh, you know, if you don't have the collaboration, too much energy and focus is, is concerned about whether the agreement and the situation is fair. And I think that undermines uh, the ability to really drive forward and get after the most value. So, again, I, I think it's a, a starting point that has to exist. And when you segment your suppliers, you know, one of the matrix you can put them through would be, you know, are they important from a strategic pr- perspective to the business and where are they along the continuum uh, on tr- the trust matrix and, therefore, what do we need to do to move it to the right place? Do you think, in general, that, that trust has eroded between suppliers and their customers in recent years? And, and, if, and if so, uh, why do you think that's happened? I think it varies by industry, and I think in the automotive industry there's been a clear erosion. In some of the high-tech industries, uh, there, there, there's been less. 
And I also think you need to think about the whole movement of, of, of supply chains and supply sources overseas where these long-term relationships may exist. And then, you know, lower-priced suppliers, perhaps without the same sophistication, are brought to the fold. And then you get a conflict between the value a uh, domestic supplier can provide around innovation, around speed, um, and around, you know, helping the, their customers, uh, you know, operate more efficiently and effectively versus the offshore supply base, which has a great advantage around price, but not necessarily leading-edge innovation or, or speed in the cycle chain, the, cycle, uh, the supply cycle. And Bob, what types of value, and a word again that you mentioned a little while ago, what types of value can uh, advanced supplier relationships offer? Well, I, I think the value is really changing the rules of the game. So if you're effective at procurement, you've already pushed down pricing with your supplier to the point where they're making a reasonable return. If they push it too far, uh, they're not going to be happy or a uh, long-term supplier. And it's really around um, you know, driving um, changes in supply chain. So opening up the information sharing and looking at how we can change the interface, how we can change processes to take out time, take out inefficiency and cost. And also, how can we change what we buy so that we may be able to take advantage of uh, specifying to needs versus wants and coming closer to what the customer needs versus over-delivering. And suppliers have a lot to offer when asked the question. And I think it's critical that when you have these tight relationships, you leverage that insight. They have a good perspective, and it's only a value if it can be leveraged. So if we can try to pull all this together, what do you think the, the common themes are uh, for success in these very important relationships? I think there are a couple of things, and I'd start with uh, the beginning where we started with around uh, you know, clear segmentation of suppliers. You can't have deep collaborative relationships with all of your suppliers, and you need to really identify which ones are the players. The second issue is senior management buy-in, and uh, while it seems obvious that in many you know, corporate initiatives you need to have that, I'm talking about you know, buy-in to the point of differentiated investment, and investment in terms of dollars, investment in terms of senior management time, participating in conferences, participating in discussions with suppliers, you know, directly and indirectly. I think the other issue is, you know, developing a track record of success, being able to identify prior successes as uh, pilots or case studies that can be communicated and, justi and provide justification to ex uh, extend the program. And then another key is, you know, treating the supplier as well. They have to have some vested interest in participating, so the benefits, the savings, the improved cycle times, the opportunities need to be jointly shared. I'm not sure if it's a, you know, 25, 50, 75 sharing, but at some point the suppliers need to have an incentive uh, to participate, which is my last point, common objectives, common objectives internally, common objectives with the suppliers, and making sure they're aligned incentives. So we all know what we're going after, and we know why we're going after it, and then there's incentives to uh, support that. Sure. And, and Bob, uh, finally, are there any issues that we have not discussed that you'd like to bring up before we wrap things up? For instance, I don't know if we've really talked about price volatility and how that can affect supplier relationships. Maybe there's something else also that, you, that, also that you'd like to, um, to bring up. Yeah, I can, I can talk about the price volatility and also kind of supply chain risk, which is somewhat related. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, in terms of supply chain risk, these tighter supply relationships uh, enable companies to share and develop contingency plans. So you may choose to go with one supplier, but work with that supplier to develop a contingency plan around what will happen if there's a natural disaster. And then from a price volatility perspective, it's really hard to have a collaborative 
tight relationship if the risk is disproportionately you know, burdened or uh, borne by one of the two parties. So often when there's a lot of volatility in the pricing uh, or economics of the relationship, you, know, you can establish um, some type of risk sharing and the right level of visibility so that no one is taking on an undue burden of that risk. And can you think of an example, um, uh, a real-world example, where uh, volatile prices have, have led to some kind of friction or whatever in a relationship and, and how it was resolved? Can you, can you think of one offhand? Well, I, actually, I can think of a couple. Uh, the one I liked the best uh, was in the uh, appliance industry, and it was around the, the supply of you know, some critical metals. And uh, there was a long-standing relationship in place, and uh, people were happy uh, while uh, they were able to, in terms of the buyer side, happy uh, with the ability to buy at a fairly low price historically. And then when the markets got tighter, uh, things uh, seemed to change. Um, the partners were both happy, uh, but when there was an opportunity to uh, share what became uh, scarce capacity uh, with other buyers who were willing to pay a bigger price, you know, a conflict ensued. And you have a long-standing relationship uh, focused on quality and service and delivery, undermined because, uh, you know, again, on the margin, uh, there was an opportunism, uh, and it really, uh, the relationship fell apart uh, quite a bit, actually. Is that the exception rather than the rule, though, would you say, these days? I think in many cases, the price volatility issue, which is really topical at the moment, is addressed through, um, you know, transparency. So the commodity uh, nature typically can't be influenced by both parties, and uh, there's an index, and the price floats to that. Um, and where there's a reasonable um, way of resetting the price uh, based on an objective measure so the parties can work together and not be arguing over something they can't control. Okay. Well, we've been speaking with Bob Tevelson of the Boston Consulting Group. Uh, Bob, many thanks for sharing your views with Knowledge at Wharton. Thank you. I enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to Part 4 of our series on procurement. In the next segment... BCG partner and managing director David Lee will discuss the challenges of sourcing in China. For more information about the Boston Consulting Group, visit bcg.com. For business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.